0: All right, it is a uh, Thursday morning, which means it's time for The Burning Platform, brought to you by Nando's. This morning we are joined by uh, Rob Hutchinson and Pumi Mashiko, who are our uh, star contribution this morning to discussing all the things that are going on in the world and in South Africa that we need to know about. It's really like a little diet pill that you can take on a Thursday morning to just fill you in. So if you get into a conversation or an argument, for that matter, with anyone... During the course of the day today and the course of this weekend, you'll be able to say, ah, but, but X, Y, and Z that I heard on the um, the burning platform. And today will be no different, of course. So let me just quickly introduce. Don't get
1: into arguments.
0: Well, we do. We, we like an argument every now and then, Pums. I mean, you know, you have some on this show and you're very good at it. So Rob Hutchinson is the MD, MD of Dear South Africa, an established civil organization which facilitates public participation in government policy formation and uh rob i mentioned that you were one of the uh the, the groups right at the beginning of lockdown last year who said uh-uh, we're not going to tolerate this nonsense from government took them to court and got them to do the right thing eventually I'm, I'm always disappointed that we have to keep taking our government to court to do these things um but then they of yeah. course complained oh well who are these civil organizations um do you still get uh, noise from people saying who the hell are you to be telling the government what to
2: do Oh, absolutely <clears throat> it's it's powerful of course in in this game really it's uh you know, people have different views and not most of them based on ideology as mm. as it is so they don't read the facts and and check the the consequences of of certain government actions you know, when people start trusting trusting the government to you know unbelievable levels you've got to sort of step back and say why are you crazy you can't just trust your government and let them go out there Although we should be, should be trusting government. But there's always those those people who, you know, although it might be a handful of people, they tend to be the loudest and, and shout back at us and say, just let it happen. Government must be right. They've done their research. And and then we just come back with the facts and say, well, <clears throat> they haven't. Yeah, Here are the facts and believe what you want to believe, but we're going ahead.
0: Yeah, um, I, I suppose there's a healthy balance to be to be maintained between trusting your government to do the right thing and also checking on them when they're not doing the right thing. And I'm afraid if uh, in the last 10 years or so, our government had covered themselves in glory and and given us every reason to trust them, we might. We might be more trusting. Trusting. But I'm I'm very pleased that there are organizations like yours that are taking them on. On various important matters. Oh, thanks, sir. All right, so let All right. So let's talk quickly about the elephant in the room, which is the, the elephant that is the ANC. Some people would say it's a white elephant, even though that would, for racial essentialists, be exactly the opposite of what the ANC is. A, a white elephant, in terms of the fact that it has perhaps outlived its usefulness, the liberation movement that brought South Africa, or a large part of, of what brought South Africa, into freedom and democracy, is starting to look... Decayed. It's starting to look irrelevant. It's starting to look like it's really just a network of patronage, and in this case, a very factionalized ne- network of patronage. Yesterday, we saw probably one of the most seismic changes in local politics that we have seen in many years. And it's something which people like Pumi, to her credit, has predicted for a couple of years now, and many other people have predicted too. Um, that the ANC is eventually going to split down the middle. And we are now facing a split, at least in in terms of the the the, the, the jibes that are being traded between Cyril Ramaphosa and Ace Mahashule, the Secretary General and the President of the ANC. Um, it's yet to be seen what all of this will result in and whether it will result in an immediate split or whether people will try to patch this up again with some more masking tape and Band-Aids and staples and whatever else they can find. But the fact is that the ANC is starting to, to tear itself apart in front of our very eyes. Let's talk about yeah. what, what you think of that, Rob, and then, <clears throat> and then I'll let Pumi come in because she actually filled me in this morning on Pule Mabe's comments to Eismar But maybe you have some comments on what you think is going on in the ANC and what you think the, the result of this will be for South Africa.
2: Yeah, you know, i think it's we're headed for disaster to be honest because the anc no matter which which faction it is or which side it is they're not going to lick of power off of the country and that uh, doesn't spell uh good news for for south africans in general um we mustn't remember we mustn't forget that it did say that anc comes first before anything else and which is which was start the start of the trouble but you know, the, the, I think the split in the factionism has been going on for ages. It can go all the way back to when Cope was formed. That that was a major split there, and this is just a repeat of of that. So, we might see a, a, another party emerge, but I think the ANC will stay as as it is, filled with 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 new fierocet uh, struggle heroes in, in 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 those in the positions that they that they are, that become vacant as such whether whether the new party that that does form if it does uh, will suffer the same fate as cope i probably have no no doubt that it will you know cope was infiltrated right in the very beginning and and set up to fail it, it was it had great success but that was just anc hang-ons and it didn't it didn't have the the leadership or the the will or or the know-how to actually well didn't it, I mean didn't it down. really
0: cope probably fell apart more because of the arguments between Musioa Alikota and, um, mm. and 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 um, Bazimashiloa yeah than anything else sure, because yeah. they couldn't even decide who the leader was remember they they eventually had to go to court to decide who was actually in charge of cope and by that stage anyone mm. including me who had voted for cope was just completely um, mm. you know we were disillusioned
2: totally. But that, I, I suspect that 's exactly what 's going to happen in in this new split if if the split does happen you know, although ace Moga is is quite uh, belligerent in, in his in his ways and goes forward and he can get his way up, there there are other players that that will also want want to be in the lead there, so it 's going to be another factional fight and then split up into other little factions and so on but uh, I don't think I don't think that we'll we'll see the ANC disappear. I, uh-huh. I really don't. It's they'll they'll stay around and they'll still, they'll still be in buy in, in one form or or another. So yeah, yeah. What, what it means for the country is is a big uh, a big question hanging in the air. So so really P- Pumi,
0: I'm going to ask you not only, not only as an analyst but but, but sorry Pums, I also want to ask you as someone who knows how marketing and branding works because the ANC is a brand and they're not going to throw that away. Yeah. But but. Carry on with your comments, and then I'll, I'll come back to it. You think it's gone already? <laughs>
1: they, they've they've already completely squandered the brand that they inherited, but you know I think that there's 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 another part. I don't think we 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 can say that we don't know what that means for South Africa. We know exactly what that means for South Africa. It means there's nobody at the helm. If mm. if All of the people that are supposed to be running the country and worrying about the things that really are for South Africa, (laughs) worrying things like the fact that we've got such high unemployment, like the fact that we have got a stagnant economy, (laughs) like the fact that we have 30 million South Africans living on less than 20 rand a day. All of those people are currently so consumed by what is happening inside the ANC, which mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes is not even 1% of South Africa. Mm-hmm. We, that means not only is there no, somebody sleeping at the wheel, there is nobody at the wheel. This <laughs> bus is careening down the road without yeah. a single person holding that
2: steering wheel or even checking for potholes. Yeah, That's but... the problem. But thats it's, it's not a new thing. I mean, there hasn't been someone at the wheel for quite some time. Really, there hasn't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but we yeah. had the illusion that somebody, you know, we had the illusion that the, the, there was a president worrying about these things, that there were ministers, that they, we had that illusion. But right yes. now, we don't even have that illusion anymore. We are quite clear right. of the fact that all of the people that should be worrying about all of us mm. as South Africans are not because they're all worried about but, whether they're being come suspended, on, or We've be got, suspended or might be suspended or might be. Um, but isn't our
0: deputy president the perfect person to be our caretaker at this time? I mean, Didi Mabuza, we trust him, right? And he's been, he's been very vocal. He's been, he's been so helpful, hasn't he, Rob? I mean, am, am, am I being sarcastic or am I not? You tell me. <laughs>
2: No, you're being hell of a sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, well, Bruce is pretty much doing what's what, what Similar McPause did during the Zuma presidency, just sitting back and watching. But he, he could time. actually do it. Absolutely, he's just biding his time. Mm-hmm. They you see once once you get in, into politics, you and they, especially at that that level, you've got to understand that they're just puppets out there. They're not they're not doing any governance as, as such, and there's a de- definite mm-hmm. difference between politics and governance the 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 problem with the ANC is they still call themselves the liberation movement exactly i mean was it said that in his testimony to to zondo commission was uh ANC is a liberation movement and we stole that and you know that kind of thinking exactly tells you where their where their headspace is they they're not used to governance they they've been winging it literally for the past 27 years and they, they, all they do is they play internal politics and see who can get to the top and what factions they can cause and start an internal struggle because that's what they know how to deal with. And then uh, you know, leverage off that internal struggle and call that the new liberation movement. So all Ace, Ace has been doing is he's been creating and leading the internal struggle, which is the new liberation movement, to the new, to the new ANC that Gareth talked about. Uh, marketing and whatever this is a perfect marketing opportunity for for the anc to say we've recognized the problems here's our here's our platform we're starting at the bottom and we are going to build back better to use a horrible term <laughs>
0: yeah to use but, a horribly yeah, overused that's, term. that's what they, okay that's but, what but, but isn't that what cyril and isn't that what cyril seen,
2: we've seen this before isn't that what cyril, cyril tried to do a rob tactic of playing good cop against bad cop and it's but they're both the same person at the end of the day because it's about the party, not about the individuals, and the decisions are made by by a collective, not not by an individual. Yeah, but so.
0: But Rob, is, that isn't is that that, is, that, isn't that what platform. that's what Cyril tried to do at the State Capture Commission? He said, "Look, all mm. of this stuff has happened, and you know we're very sorry about it. I'm of course, sorry. Of course, I had nothing to do with any of those appointments, and you know it wasn't me. And I, I was just sitting exactly. there, and, and it was all oh, this cater deployment. still a good idea." And the ANC still knows what to do, but we just forgive us for all our trespasses in the past couple of years and we, we will be better. That's what he tried to do. It was, exactly. it was an exercise exactly. in spin. Do you think any of that worked? I mean, here you are saying essentially they have a chance to rebrand. I don't think Pumi believes that. I, I'm just judging by her facial expressions. Pumi, yeah. you say it's, it's already squandered and wasted.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we think about the life of brands brands can only stretch themselves so far and brands have to, you know, for, for people to continue believing in the brand, it needs to deliver on a particular thing. And it does happen that brands outlive their usefulness. I mean, if you think about a brand that has world over for a very, very long Mm. time, if you think about Coca-Cola and the way that they are constantly Mm. evolving to stay, relevant to the market you know coca-cola is a young brand even if your 80 year old grandmother still drinks a glass of coke every single day but it it remains in the way that it portrays itself as a refreshing brand as a, a accompaniment to every meal and the anc has failed to do that so what the Rob, you talk about the fact that they still call themselves a liberation movement. We're beyond that. We're beyond yep. that now. And they keep holding on to that identity and, and that brand essence, as it were. And it is because of that that they are unable to... To remain relevant, you know, so for the people that, for the people that it matters to, it still matters to them. The people that are loyal ANC, Mm -hmm. and we've spoken about this on the show before, that we have that in South Africa where we have people, um, in the States, they call it yellow dog politics, right? People Mm -hmm. who will rather vote for a yellow dog Mm -hmm. than any other Mm -hmm. party. We have got that here. Mm -hmm. And those people who are loyal to the ANC will remain loyal to the ANC and all of the other parties. Even if there's a split, I mean, one of the things that COPE struggled with, besides their leadership uh, mm. battles, what they what they really struggled with at Cope is the fact that you cannot be a coalition of the disgruntled. Yep. <laughs>
0: that's, yeah, that's
1: so that's that's w- what they which, were. Which of which of the
0: which of the factions here is the disgruntled? Your, is, your
1: mic is off, Garrett.
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's so embarrassing. So which of, which of these <laughs> factions is the disgruntled coalition? I mean, you could argue that both are, but it sounds to me like Ace is, he, he's working hard to kind of project, as Rob says, the struggle side. This is the new struggle. This is the new cool kids club. Um, whereas the old ANC is kind of the dinosaur, you know, with Cyril and Lindy with Sisulu and all of those sort of people in it. So who do you think will win that battle in terms of, of, of pulling the ANC's branding with them? Who do you think will pull those yellow dog voters with them, and what will happen to the other one? I mean, let's just let's play a little bit of Nostradamus here, and let's see in in a year or two who got it right. Rob, what do you think? Yeah,
2: well, I, I think I think Cyril will start the new evolved fourth industrial revolution ANC because he's very much led by uh, European forces, and he follows a, a, a very strong um, U, UN or United Nations and African Union. Uh, influence, whereas Ace doesn't have that. Ace is more localized, and therefore he'll keep the traditional a- ANC going. Um, how it will play out, uh, I think we might be in for a surprise as to see uh, Ace might not actually leave the ANC, but maybe might be t- deployed somewhere else or or shifted around. It's too dangerous for, for the ANC to, to totally get rid of him. They might have suspended him now. That I saw the most ridiculous thing this morning on, on Twitter, where he's now issued a suspension to to Ramaphosa. that just shows you that it's a definite <clears throat> power struggle between between the two, and all they're looking for now is support from below the in, from below the ranks, and or from the lower ranks. So I don't know if it's if it's really going to cause a split. So there might be a bit of a disciplinary hearing, or between the both of them, they might talk it out and settle it out but you know we can't we can't put aside the fact that this might just be a whole uh, marketing thing and I, I don't want to sound like a cynic here, but it, it might just be a marketing thing to get everyone attention to the ANC. Yes, we're going to do All this, right. and then we <laughs> you, you,
0: so cover. You've um, you've put a lot of caveats into your prediction, but I, I'll I'll take it. Uh, how about yours, Pums? Do you want to do you want to throw in anything different? <laughs> you want to throw in anything different there, in case we come back to you in a year's time, uh, like Rob, and we we say no, you were completely wrong. Your credibility's <laughs> smashed.
1: <laughs> Once again. I, I don't look. I don't think that there's going to be split.
2: Really? I don't think
1: that there's going to be a split. And I <laughs> think that the party w- w- is very unlikely to expel Ace. They've learned a hard lesson with, with Julius and what mm-hmm. happened when they did that. So I think they're going to be reluctant to expel him. But I, I do think that there's going to be some kind of what they, w- what they failed to do with Jacob Zuma, a political solution mm. <laughs> Put to their problems. Yeah. You know, they, they're gonna come to some kind of political solution. I mean, the, also the guys are unlikely to walk away. I, I just look at what happened with Ramakop last mm. week, mm-hmm. right? Is when you when you do get suspended, mm. these guys' entire identity is linked to this organization. Well, uh, supra, their supra pen, and their livelihoods. Oh yeah. yeah. supra I mean yeah. so the, their um, their identities and their livelihoods mm-hmm. you know, are so are so intricately linked to this well, organization that walking away is not an option for them.
0: You know, it's it's such a yeah. damning thing to, to know that most of these people are unemployable in any part of the economy other than politics. The only way they could have ever made themselves useful is to become parts of a political party and, and, and parts that can be adjusted for size and for use wherever needed. In other yeah. words... These are for not
1: purpose. fit yeah, yeah. for
0: these, purpose. These are not people. Yeah, you know, these are not people who would find any practical application yeah. in any other field. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And and I'm I'm in serious doubt as to whether or not their political usefulness um, is is particularly high either. All right, let's move along because I don't want to get stuck yeah. in this like we often do in ANC party politics. <laughs> Can we talk about SARS for a second? Because. SARS Commissioner Edward Kieswetter on Wednesday said that the Revenue Service would act without fear or favor against any individual or entity that that did not meet their tax obligations. You know, I met with my auditor this week, and we looked at my tax situation. And, you know, I'm I'm probably in the position that many South Africans are in where you're paying into SARS. You don't get anything back. Um, You feel very often that tax is a – it's kind of a – It's a license fee. It's like the TV license. You don't even watch SABC TV or listen to SABC radio, but you've still got to pay for it because other people do. And there's a part of all of us, even if it's a smaller part in some people and a big part in others, where we realize like part of our duty and responsibility to the country we live in is that we've got to help finance things. And I'm not bitter and twisted about that. I I don't like the idea of, of exorbitant taxes, and I think we're getting close to that. Many people in this country are starting to feel that the tax burden is too high, especially when you include ESCOM, municipal and local taxes. You include you know, the cost of, of, of basic uh, education, the cost of, of health care, the cost of all of these things which are a tax on their own um, because the government can't provide those things at competitive prices. Either way, Edward Kisvet is saying this, and on on his way out of my meeting – My auditor said to me, what do you think of what's going on in the ANC? And I said to him, what a strange question for you to ask me after we've been talking about finance the whole time. And he said to me, no, because, you know, there are these people who are not paying taxes. We heard about Malusi Gigaba the other day um, when his ex-wife Norma was at the State Capture Commission. (laughs) And she was talking about these bags of money. Now, I don't know that Malusi Gigaba's taxes are up to date. But if there's cash money in bags being handed around, I can pretty much guarantee that's not something that, edward kisvetta knew anything about so when he says without fear or favor does he actually mean we're going to go after the people who have been looting and pillaging and stealing and doing underhanded business or does he just mean he's going to get harder and he's going to start turning the screws on loyal tax-paying legal citizens which part of it does he mean
2: I'd say it's definitely, you'll go for the low-hanging fruit. They, they, they're desperate at this stage to raise, to raise more money and introducing more and more uh, taxes in, in various forms and adjusting tax scales as, as they go on. When he says he's going to get, get hard, it's no doubt on registered taxpayers. He's not going to concentrate too much on, on the corrupt because that's going to cost money to recover and rather than, than, than the cost-benefit might not be there. So it's definitely clamping down on those who avoid tax. Um, there was a talk about uh, taxing uh, introducing a wealth tax on 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 those who who own a considerable amount of money and increasing those those uh, the tax tax rates and, and so on. But it's it's definitely clamping down. They've realized how much money escapes the country. So we're going to see uh, uh, me- more measures on on excise tax and and so on, mm-hmm. and they talked about introducing the expat tax as well because they realise a lot of people earn uh, uh, foreign currency while still staying in the country. So that's right. another angle there. I think it's closing more uh, of the loopholes. There was some estimates that South Africa loses around about fifty billion a, a year on, on on people who avoid tax and and so on. So that's it 's just a, a going after the the low hanging the low hanging fruit you know
0: it 's like uh, but, i suppose you know,
2: the, the question does, does come about there is that there 's no point in increasing taxes when when you've you've got a really got an overtaxed, uh, especially middle class, that's mm. that's carrying most of the most so, of the so burden there. In other words, Although it's estimated that about around a thousand people, uh, high income earners pay pay most of the tax. It's still funded and supported by by mostly the, the the middle class. So if you increase increase those taxes on on people, they'll simply find more ways to. To avoid tax, which becomes so. So, Rob, basically, basically,
0: if you are a person on the roads in South Africa and you have a licensed vehicle and you have a registered address, you get the fines. And the people who don't have a legal vehicle and it's not roadworthy and it doesn't have a license and it's not, you don't have a place of domicile written on the car ownership certificates, then those people just get away with not having to worry. So the bad people will continue to do what they do. Pums, do you agree with that? I mean, you've also got to look at this from a business point of view because you're a businesswoman. You run your own business. Um, businesses are, are paying more than their
1: fair share. Look, the the shrinking tax base. Uh, Gareth, I don't know if there's something happening with the sound. I keep getting feedback. But anyway, the shrinking tax base is it is what it is. But I think you know. the thing we we're not really talking about, which we've seen, that's what state capture has done for us, right? Is show us exactly how much these institutions have been hollowed out. Because the reality is that SARS no longer has the capacity Mm -hmm. to go after the the really big fish that are evading tax or avoiding it completely, Mm -hmm. you know, so the, we talk a lot about the the illegal cigarette trade. You know, SARS no longer has the capacity for those investigations and to go after those guys. The, there's also nobody at SARS kind of going, uh, Edward Sodi. I see you buying new cars and all and all. Let me see mm. your tax returns and do they, those two things correspond and going after those people. There's so much evidence in in everyday life, you know, on Twitter, in the papers, and of people who are who have watts and watts of cash and are spending it, but they're probably not paying their taxes the way that they should. And nobody's doing that. But you know yeah. you with your VAT return every <laughs> two months. If yes. you're like two hours late <laughs> with your VAT return, you're getting a summons. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, Gareth, with your late VAT return, look at mm. you know, your five thousand Rand, ten percent interest mm-hmm. two yeah. days later. And three days later, here's your summons. If you don't pay us, you're going to jail. That's that's actually what we we should be more worried about. That's where we yeah. should be like concentrating our efforts is to say, how do we rebuild this capacity inside SARS that they are able to do that? So the low hanging fruit is the low hanging fruit, but they've got to rebuild the
2: capacity. Mm. That's what that is, Edward Keys Vetter should be talking about. right right now they're looking for immediate solutions and an investigation into a a tax dodger is is a long term solution and then the recovery only comes much much later so definitely it's it's going after those compliant taxpayers who are perhaps just pushing a bit to the side trying to squeeze them for more and and so on getting their their books in order and and their systems correct and then maybe they will, maybe once they've, they've got that low hanging fruit then they'll be able to increase their, their capacity and go after the the bigger guys, but I think you know there's all this talk about how much money's gone missing through corruption and so on it's, it's the money 's got to have gone somewhere because right? it 's still you know the fiscus is only made up of, of so much money so <laughs> there 's a huge amount that sars hasn 't been able to to tax, and there 's a huge amount that they are missing out on, so maybe it 's something to do with all these commissions and so on they 're trying to find out who revealing where the tax money is gone it might, might be an al capone moment in in south african history you is- know,
0: someone made a very good point on, on social media this week and it made me laugh uh, someone said you know in any other country if you'd managed to swindle hundreds of millions out of the government the first thing you do is you get out of that country because you know you go somewhere where there's yeah. no extradition treaty but these um, these guys in the ANC who've been you know taking taking tens and hundreds of millions of of rands out, they stay in the country because there's actually nowhere else they can go. So we can probably find them if we just put a little bit of effort into it. But at the same time, like part of me says this is the rebellious part of me. Is like, why are we even? Supporting the work of SARS. Like, shouldn't we hope for SARS to completely collapse and fall apart? There's an anarchist in all of us that goes most most of the parts of this country that the smaller municipalities um, those places outside of the big centers are already in anarchy. So why are we bothering to try and make what Helen Zillis is the capable state? And we should rather just let it all fall apart. What the hell? Then we, you know, all of us should be dodging tax. <laughs> a, you
2: know, I, I must no, be but... honest. <laughs> Sorry for me. I, I must be honest. I, I, I struggle with that, that. those same thoughts every mm. day. You know, when, when I see people like, shouting, oh, shame, Edward oh, yeah, tax? Poor
0: Edward Kisswit and poor SARS, they don't have capacity. Good. You should fucking have no capacity. Yeah,
2: I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly like that. I, I look at people and say, they should be paying tax and the rich must pay tax. Yeah. I'm like, you idiots! No, we should, we should all be learning a lesson from them. We should all be saying none of us should pay tax, right? Why are you trying to force the side of the government here? Mm-hmm. The only way to stop corruption is to take away the food. That's it. So, yeah, if you bring the country to its knees, but...
1: <laughs> well, it already is on its knees. Yeah, I'm are. just sitting here going, why is nobody like phoning Anuj Singh? You know, we we sat mm-hmm. and listened for two nights in a row, mm-hmm. and we were. As, like, why is nobody like calling him up on some, listen, dude, just, you need to come over here and see us that, you know, that hundred thousand rand you were making every month yeah, exactly. on the well, side there thing. moonlighting, where's the, wh- where, where, where's that tax return? And just, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't thing. need.
2: <laughs> what's the, what's the easier way, what's Rob? What's one? Look at look at Ace Magashuda. What is doesn't he is it, I mean he's in the spotlight right now. If Sorrel really wanted to to get rid of him, he'd just say, How is your net worth seventy four million rand? Just explain. Wow. How can I hire? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't and it no the the mm-hmm. that's the Al Capone moment. That's that's the Al Capone moment. They exactly. they don't have to be like how is your net worth No no no. They just have to send him the bill for this is this right. this is the SARS component of your net worth. That's, right. Right? If you've been a full time <clears> full
2: time <throat> career politician. Then here's your salary. We've you got a record of this. They don't I, I, 4 million yeah, million. I actually don't, don't care about it.
1: You you. Just give us our part. Just give me my cut of um, that 74 million without, you know, then you don't have to get into a, where did it come from there? Just give me yeah. my part. Just give me my slice it's of so, it. So, I mean, this, this isn't it. Malema,
2: Malema also owes millions this, and has done nothing to come Yeah, I mean, away, nobody's so. going
0: after him. You see, if this is what, what irritates most of us. And, and I think this is why it is, uh, it's facetious in some ways for SARS to even make comments on these things when we know there are politically exposed individuals who are absolutely in in SARS's debt who who need to settle those debts before they should be allowed to speak or even represent anyone in Parliament. Um but you know our laws our laws are so lax in that respect. So let's just look at this story because it is quite a good story. Former health MEC for Gauteng Doctor Bandile Masuku will not be appealing a decision of the High Court which ruled against him in favor of the special investigating unit. So he's not even going to appeal this, which is uh, That is a rare occurrence, because usually these politicians will take things to the highest court in the land every time, even when it's got no constitutional jurisdiction. Um, He announced he will not be pursuing charges because the findings were unequivocally (laughs) exculpatory and had removed public doubt about him being corrupt. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's one way to put it. But he's explained in a four page letter why he decided to no longer pursue the report, which led to his axing. I mean, we can all tell why, because he's lost fairly and squarely.
2: Exactly.
0: And there's just nowhere the else for knows. him to go, right? He's, yeah. So do we need to see more of these kinds of things? And how costly is it to get a bandili Masuku not to appeal and to just quietly go into the wilderness? Because if it's, if it's cheap and we can afford to do it, we should do it more. But if it's too expensive, we've That's got to easy. find another way.
2: I think that, that that's a good good observation. It is is place a cost value on it, and if you look at the uh, Zonda commission, which the cost of the Zonda commission is already over a billion rand, and we've seen very very little return from that, it perhaps apply the same same logic here. In in, in any good strategy, you, you allow your opponent an escape route. If you corner them, then they are bound to always fight back and defend themselves. And that's going to inevitably cost you or the the taxpayer money because money simply doesn't come from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So if we provide each of these guys with a a safe escape route and say, you know, the cost of recovery versus the cost of your escape, balance balance the two, see which way to go. Maybe that's what happened behind the scenes in in that case is – he was offered a, a golden handshake behind the scenes, or, or whatever, just just to go, and therefore drafted that that letter because that letter does seem very uh, sort of out of character for anyone anyone to to admit that they were they were false. So mm. there must have been something else in the background which was more enticing for him. And I think that would be a good strategy. Let let them go Just say, get the hell out here, yeah? take what you want, no questions asked, just disappear. Just go. And I, for I, one, as a member of the public, would say, great, let's go.
1: But, but then we must be vigilant as members mm. of the public, because where is this wilderness that they go into? Uh-huh. They don't just, like... Sit at what? home somewhere. No. They, they, they really just get recycled yeah, and pop N-C, up somewhere else. And he just
0: the... redeploys them, right? That's all that happens. So we yeah. have
1: to, we, we have to be much more vigilant about it and, and also hold yeah. them to account. I think that the one thing that as South Africans, we don't do nearly as much as we should do mm-hmm. is pay attention to those little things and punish them at the polls for it yeah we we don't yeah. do that which is what we should be doing because so he's not going to be the MEC for health in Gauteng but you know he's going to pop up somewhere else yeah. as a dean yeah, or something and yeah. you know and that's, that's, earlier, Garrett, you spoke about the pervasive nature of the ANC mm-hmm. and how deep the, the, the roots of patronage lies. That's actually where the patronage is. They have been able mm-hmm. to not only be in the political sphere, but also in the government sphere where people who, who are supposed to have real jobs with real skill sets, which is what makes the rest of our country work outside of this organization is so linked to the organization. That's the problem with their deployment committee. That's the problem with their deployment policy is that they're saying, actually the DG over there who's supposed to be a technocrat, no, that guy is gonna be comrade so-and-so. And And that's where. That's where so, you need to So
0: build. again, because I don't want us to get stuck on this, and we have spoken about all of it a little in the in the burning platform before, you know, the cater deployment and so on. I want to hear Rob, uh, uh, your thoughts about the vaccine passports, because you know this is something that ordinary people will probably have to deal with in the next couple of months. We see already, you know, that you South Africans. I think we are one of the countries that it is the hardest to travel out of at the moment, um, even though we're largely coming out of the pandemic. Of course vaccinations are not happening as quickly as we'd like but people from south africa can't just hop on a plane and go anywhere again like we used to and i mean that's visas and so on notwithstanding because we've become a little bit smelly to the rest of the world you know they don't look at us and welcome us with open arms anymore we we now have to have several stamps in our passports before we can go and visit most countries that that people would want to visit i mean we can still go to shithole countries in trump's language but we can't really go to the ones that we might want to go to. So yeah. what what is a vaccine passport going to mean for South Africans?
2: Well, I think it's, it's not just going to be for South Africans. Obviously, it's going to be a, a global thing, but it's going to be a problem for, for South Africans in that the rollout of vaccines is, is just never going to uh, reach this, the, the levels that, that we need it to. And um, I think we're going to be landlocked in South Africa for quite some time, with only a select few being able to uh, travel as they need to. We're just going to see um, airlines, which have already said that you can't even book a flight if you, if you don't have proof of vaccination. So leaving, leaving the vaccination up to, to the government, I, I think, was a horrific idea to start off with. There's no way the government could ever roll out at A program like that, and then um, we were also involved in uh, taking them to court to allow private private companies and institutions to to roll out the vaccine, uh, along with uh, Africa Forum and, and a couple. Yeah, of and, and uh, by
0: the way, congratulations to, to for for doing that because it's just a really, it's an unbelievably stupid idea that government should be the only people absolutely. who can provide this stuff. You were also were you also part of the action that um, forced them to to relent, the doctors could be able to prescribe ivermectin. Or was, yes, 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 yes we just was, had a, yeah. an
2: amicus in that case as well. Again, thank um, God, amicus. thank
0: God for you. What would we do without you guys?
2: <laughs> no. You see, no. that's the
1: that is that is exactly the kind of power that civil society has. That's the thing yeah. that we, we speak about all the time on the show is there is power in organizing and being part of a collective get your friends involved you get involved that's mm. the power that we have as civil society we can mm. hold them accountable well, we just absolutely. have to mm. find f- find the ways and the means and there's power in being a collective in being a first not a one person <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I, I just want to well, say well, quick,
2: so much as, hmm.
0: quickly before yeah. we carry on yeah. with so, with yeah. your vaccine passports discussion which I do want to get back to there is also the point to be made that with our coronavirus uh, infection numbers dropping as low as they have been in the last couple of weeks, and obviously they're all the fear mongers and, and we should stop believing these people. We should just stop taking them seriously. The ones who are talking about a third wave when there's no evidence that that's going to happen. Um, we, we're already reaching a kind of herd immunity with or without vaccines. We're getting there naturally, right? maybe yes, that's maybe that's even more important than the vaccines we can't rely on government it makes sense no
2: no we can't rely on government if you look at the statistics nothing really makes sense even from the word go uh, it's almost as if um, south africa had a herd immunity before coronavirus even even pitched up on on, on our shores mm. and it, it might very well be the case because the, the first new variant as such uh, originated in in south africa which suggests that the virus itself might have originated in in South Africa. And, yeah, I, I think in, in one way, I'm, I'm glad the, the government is so incapable of, of rolling out the vaccines because we might not need it at, at the end of the day. However, that does bring into to question the global vaccine passport and, and how it's going, going to affect us. We might uh, perhaps see a, a whole a revised strategy on on the global vaccine passport because infection rates across the world have have gone down um that might have been seen as as a necessity right in in the beginning but it certainly isn't isn't necessary necessary right now especially given the the, the stats behind behind the whole thing and you have to look at the statistics in 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 this type of uh, pandemic because nobody really knows the the true science behind it there's such supporting evidence for for both sides of the argument that you can only really base any decisions based on on facts and and figures i know nick nick hudson goes on a lot a lot about that but he's 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 correct in in that thing it is it's a war war on data more than yeah a war on, on and, the, and of course we've
0: got to, we've got to be honest about the fact that many south africans do not know how to interpret that that information so yeah we're, we're sold people's anecdotal stories about oh but my cousin died of covid so it's much worse than we think it is that's not useful information yeah. that doesn't help anybody to yeah. fight these kinds of pandemics or these kinds of, of of circumstances as governments or as organizations that are that are meant to tackle them you have to deal with this mm. stuff empirically you can't deal with it emotionally
2: exactly and and there again do who do you trust in in that source of data do you trust the government or do you trust a civil society organization and i i I tend to steer definitely towards a civil society organization because well simply because of our experience with 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 government as such Mm. and points touched on a, a a very interesting point there is that the you know civil society organizations or civil society as a whole really carries a hell of a lot more power than than any political party or any any uh, government, as such, because they work outside of of the whole uh, political system, and you know you can only you can only influence the system from from outside the system. You can't like hey, once you enter that system, you lose you lose all the power because you you actually controlled by the system, and that's that, um so justifies the necessity for. A strong civil society organization, but it, it tends to get fragmented uh, as it is, but I think in times of desperation, like we see now, a lot of civil society organizations are grouping together on on certain cases mm-hmm. and recognizing their strengths and weaknesses and, and, and so is on. It, whereas it, government operates as a whole one thing and this is how it is or not civil society has the the blessing or the advantage of having different points of view to come up with the correct solution
0: is it not worth us um, mobilizing against a vaccine passport you know many states in the united states have said that they they just won't recognize this vaccine passport nonsense they said they think it's nonsense mm-hmm. and those states are standing up against the federal mm-hmm. government on that front it would be interesting if you know if not all countries go for it then the whole thing falls apart because if there are, if there's one mm-hmm. hole in the bag, then the water comes out. So, you know, it it yeah. only requires a little bit of of, um, of of pushback for this to not become yeah. implementable.
2: Well, definitely, I think that's that's actually the angle, and perhaps South Africa would actually be the leader in collapsing the whole global vaccine passport system mm-hmm. because of that exact exact fact. That our vaccine rollout mm-hmm. is dismal, so there's no chance that every that even i don't even think 10 percent of the population will ever get vaccinated so we simply can't have that it'll be it'll be electronic sanctions against against South africa yeah but uh, can in i essence. be
0: can i be an anarchic again just as i was about SARS earlier because the, the anarchist <laughs> no, the anarchist part of me says well you know what if i need to have this vaccine passport in order to travel so what i'll do is i'll i'll find a doctor who i can tame and i'll say to the doctor just give me a dose of the vaccine and i'll pour it down the sink and then we can carry on with our lives and i'll have a stamp in exactly. my in my vaccine passport and we'll just carry on because people will do that and there will be people making Absolutely. fake vaccine passports and you'll be able to buy them on the corner of Elof street very very soon so why are we even bothering with this nonsense bureaucrats don't seem to understand yeah. that where they have a will we have a different way
2: Without a doubt, I think and so South Africa is the place to be if you want if you want sure. to go down that route, isn't it? But <laughs> I, I totally believe i mean pumi, it, you know, pumi's I, laughing I, I, I would do it rob, I, would I mean we are so creative i'm
1: laughing <laughs> because rob rob do not allow gareth to lead you down this path of anarchy i see you being seduced by it <laughs> pumi,
0: pumi is pumi is both thrilled and very frustrated today because she's she's thrilled because we've got you on rob and she's always talking about how civil society needs to take control of things and we need to stand up for ourselves and we need to make the change, right? Which is precisely what your organization does. So I know she's pleased about that. She's frustrated because she knows there are people (laughs) like me and maybe I'm not
1: corrupting you.
0: Maybe I'm not the one who, maybe I'm not the one who actually does these things, but I promise you we're a country of very creative people when it comes to crime and, and not following (laughs) the rules. We do not like following the rules. Right. Pumi.
1: Hey, Yes, yes you people.
0: Not, not just me, though. It's everybody. This whole country is full of people who don't like following the rules.
2: The strongest entrepreneurial sector is, is in, in the <laughs> criminal sector. <Yes. laughs> guys, guys we've, we've, we've only got
0: a, little bit of, we've got a little bit of time left, and I want to bring up something that's been bothering me for a while. Um, Donald Trump has been banned from social media, right? And he just doesn't exist online anymore. And for some people, that's a huge relief and they're thrilled because it means that they can put their head in the sand and pretend that he never existed anyway. And they're trying to expunge his entire existence. Like he he wasn't president and, and I'll just pretend it never happened. You know, like those people who kind of, they have a relationship and it doesn't go the way that they think. So they just block and ghost and they pretend it never happened. It's a very childish way to live because he hasn't stopped yeah. existing and he's still there. And some of the things that he put into play are very much still in play. and regardless of how much you try to pretend da. da, 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 Donald Trump never was there. (laughs) So it's, it's like, you you know, now Facebook have uh, Facebook. I didn't know this, but they have an oversight board and Facebook's oversight board must be, you know, the most independent thing ever because it's made up of people from inside of Facebook. The very people who banned him in the first place, they've decided that Donald Trump cannot return to Facebook and Instagram Oh, now, um, I think this is very, very dangerous, not just on the grounds of free speech where, you know, for heaven's sake, we've got every good argument is that the the more speech we have, the better. Even if it's offensive and unhappy and upsetting and all of those things, I would rather know what someone like Donald Trump is planning. I'd rather know, and, and, and he gave us such insights into the, the, the instability or the stability of his mind, depending on your point of view. Um, But there's a lot going on there. We had stream of consciousness Donald Trump 24-7 during his presidency. And I think it's very dangerous to put people like him outside of the tent pissing in. It's better to have him inside the tent pissing out. As awful as some of the things that some people found uh, about him were, now we don't know. And don't think that the people the seventy three odd million people in America who voted for him have just gone away like he has on social media, just because you 've cleansed Twitter of him doesn't mean you 've taken those people out they 're not dead and don 't totally think agree. Don't think that they're sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, going. We're just going to let this go and let Joe Biden and then Kamala Harris and then whoever else comes in after that carry on with whatever they like. There is going to be some shit to pay. And we have to give yeah. these people a place to, to, to speak, just like all the rest of us have a place to speak. What do you think of this and how can we fix it? And, and do you have any, any comments on things like the Facebook oversight board?
2: Facebook oversight board, the, the images that come into my head now of, of green hair and red hair is, is quite horrific. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's
2: probably, probably what what it is. Look, I, I think free speech is, is vitally important to any successful society. And the the fact that uh, Twitter banned them first and now they're, they're suffering a 13, 13% Drop in in their share value speaks volumes. Speaks volumes. It's it doesn't. I can guarantee most of of, of Trump's followers, whether on Facebook or or Twitter, were were people who hated him. So you know, it's it's they want to do this. They enjoy the entertainment. And let's face it, social media is is entertainment. But it, it, it is dangerous to to silence people people like that and, and not give them a platform because. You're just turning up the heat on them and putting them in, in a corner and they they will eventually explode and do do something outrageous. Um, he'll he'll probably start his own own social media network in, in competition to 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 the to the big two and it'll be hugely successful. There's no no doubt about that. And do you really want that? Because then it becomes two extremes talking talking again instead of the, the moderate middle, which is what what, what we actually need. So no, I think it's it's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it should uh, you, you definitely know, definitely be out there.
0: The argument is that what if what if people who were not on the left controlled social media? Mm. What would they do? And, oh, and, exactly. and and do those people who who are currently in control of social media assume that they always will be?
2: Well, they they clearly do assume they always will be, but it's it's a ridiculous notion because the more restrictive they become, the more. Gaps they're creating in the mm-hmm. market for for a new player to step in. For me, the problem is that new player will be the. Well, I see
1: Amy. Amy sent a message saying that his new platform is great. But his newsletters need a little bit of work. <laughs> so I mean he's obviously <laughs> I did, I
0: haven't, I haven't, out there. what is his new platform called? What is it?
1: I don't no, know. You must tell it? us because I, hate to sound, I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah, I
0: hate to sound very yeah. ignorant here, but I honestly don't know what it is. So if you let us yeah, know then, no. it's we not, can it's go not check gab it out.
2: because that's that's no. something else. But no. see, Gab is also extreme on, on the on mm. the right side. So you you're creating polar opposites rather than something in the middle which everyone can can, and most of us do sit in the middle, not not the extremes, which is, I think, is, is a dangerous, dangerous uh, situation there.
1: But, the, but and the whole world is moving towards that polarization.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, whether
1: yeah. it's it's in in Spain or France or the UK, even here in yeah. South Africa, you're seeing a lot more of that polarization, where people yeah. are, are, are kind of taking, and and sometimes they're taking a stand, not fully understanding what that, That's right. you know, what that yeah. left or right actually means. And we don't live in a binary world anymore, you know. So yeah. Those, yeah, correct. Well,
0: while we're on this subject, I mean, I'm going to bring up something which which uh, took me by surprise. So I'm currently em- embroiled in some sort of um, uh, situation <laughs> with, with media monitoring Africa. There's a case at the Broadcasting Complaints right. Commission, which is to be ruled on at some point. But, I mean, it was it, – so it's not me personally, but it's ENCA when we had David Icke on. Do you remember David Icke, the conspiracy right. theorist? And they – they uh, media monitoring and, and their legal counsel accused ENCA of allowing this kind of disinformation is what they, I think they called it. Um, merely because David Icke came on and said all of his crackpot things. And I didn't agree with him, by the way, which was put across very clearly by Gilbert Marcus, who, who was representing our side. Mm. But what's interesting here is that they they seem to not want to hear anything that is not the gospel, but they also don't want the gospel to be questioned. So yeah. that is not a that is not a free speech environment. I think we've got to a point where there are people in society who don't understand that free speech isn't just my right to say things, but my right okay. to hear what you say, even when I disagree with you. Um, and and now yeah. we 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 launch. Complaints against broadcasters. I mean, I don't think David Icke has very many sensible things to say, but he's very interesting to listen to. It's like that granny, you know, that granny who starts yakking at like quarter to midnight and says to you, you know, there was a time when we walked around on all fours. And you, I mean, you're fascinated, even though, you know, she's talking nonsense. These things need airing.
2: He's the drunk uncle that you that you want at the Christmas dinner, but don't really right. want. Yeah. He's, he's exactly that. Right. He's got fantastic and, stories, and it's almost you like you're really it's, it's almost like you're
0: playing stuff. you're playing into his conspiracy theories by trying to ban him everywhere. What you're doing mm-hmm. is, is you're giving the conspiracy theory oxygen because you're saying to people, yes. "We we don't want you to ever interview this David Icke," and then people go, "Well, why? That's a bit suspicious. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah, rather exactly. hear him."
2: No, totally. And that, that's, that's what it's is all about. And I think it's, it's, it's not so much the trying to control the narrative out there, uh, but more it's the the death or the assassination of critical thinking. And mm. because critical thinking has died, and it's clearly obvious to, you know, to, to see why and the reasons why it's died is because we're not exposed to uh, uh, points of view that, that, are, that are contrary to ours. And we need to be more exposed to, to that. It's it, we've even seen that in in the scientific field now, where uh, the the scientists now seek consensus, and consensus is a word that really shouldn't even exist in in the scientific field. It used to be about I have a hypothesis, I put that forward, and, and I invite challenge to mm. to what it is. I invite you to prove me <clears throat> wrong. Now we're seeking peer review and and consensus and and so on, and that's a dangerous dangerous path to travel down. And it's not just in the scientific field, it's, it's everywhere. Even back to politics It's now we follow the I- ideology instead of investigating and going deeper into it to challenge that ideology and see, test it and see where its weaknesses are. So I think it's a, we need to step back and, and uh, re-educate our, our youth because it starts with them and teach them the basics of critical thinking. Don't take everything for face value. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where, where, where are
0: they going to learn this? I mean, they're not going to learn it at university. Yeah. Our universities are, yeah. as Lito said last week, Pumi. They're teaching people what to think, not how to think.
2: Precisely. Mm. That's a very good statement, and that is exactly what is happening now. And that is the death. They're, they're driving their own preconceived notions and ideas, whether they, especially at a tertiary level, where they are political mm. rather than factual based. And that it's just to mold people into successful voters and successful consumers at the end of the day. And it's a dangerous path. We, we're going down. And, and it's not just localized yet. But it's, it's, yeah. it's a global thing that, that that's happening. So I, I, I don't, I mean, we talked right at the beginning of, of the show that just, do we let it crash? Yeah. Or do we try and stop that, that train? Pums, you, you get I the. I think it's y- too fast and we're too too far down the line.
0: You get the, Pumi gets the last word this morning. Um, how do you, how do you want to, <laughs> how do you want to summarize all of this? No. You want to you say anything to, to Rob and dear South Africa? Is there stuff that you want to add about free speech?
1: Of course. I, I am very ecstatic that there are people like dear South Africa and Rob out there. And I think, I, I hope more and more people kind of wake up. And speaking of the critical thinking, I think it's a good place to end the show mm-hmm. It's we it all starts with us you know we also have to be critical thinkers in our everyday world so when when you read what you read in the media when you see what you see and hear what you hear it's very important that you you, you take your own moments to kind of review it and think through it and and all the various permeations of what it is we've spoken about it on the show before that it's not enough to just read one particular newspaper one particular thing and one particular point of view yeah. even if you don't agree with it there's there's always there's always merit in hearing it out listening to it and 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 then making your own decision making your yeah, own decision absolutely. but once you've made that decision you got to do something about it that's yeah. that's why i love what people like rob do well is they make decisions and then do something about it it's not enough to out tweet each other mm-hmm. you know like out-tweets each other and out-debates each other over wine at our dinner
0: parties. All right. Well, listen, um, Rob, thank you very much for being part of the Burning Platform today. Pums, we will return next Thursday for even more. And if you have suggestions of people that you'd like to see on the show, if there are people that you would like to hear from, please let us know, gareth at cliffcentral.com. And you can always send us a WhatsApp also on 0797482090. Thanks for your participation today. We will see you next week. Same time, same place.
1: Cliffcentral.com